With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, podcast listeners, we've got a a great interview with Josh Peterson coming up. But first, let me tell you about the Boardroom International Surfboard Show. It's taking place October 7th and 8th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Each and every year, we honor a shaper. This year, legendary surfboard builder Bing Copeland is our honoree. Eight shapers will be replicating classic Bing Copeland designs. Wayne Rich versus Hank Warner, Rick Rock versus Thomas Beckson, Josh Peterson versus Michael Arenal, and Roger Hines versus Dane Purley. That's round one of the Icons of Foam Shape Off. In addition, the boardroom show, of course, has a massive exhibit hall filled with cutting-edge surfboards, state-of-the-art equipment, wetsuits, gear, fins. And the best-in-show board build-off category this year is Bonzer, so Malcolm and Duncan Campbell will be on hand. In addition, we have the boardroom talks... Fin discussion with computational fluid thermodynamics expert Rico Rossi with Future Fins Vince Longo. A foil discussion for all of you aspiring soon to be or interested in surf foiling. And a great discussion moderated by Jamie Brissick with Jimmy Medico and Tom Curran discussing those formative years, 1980 to 1983, Al Merrick and Tom Curran's Shaping Surf History. That's Jimmy Medico's new book. Those guys will be discussing that and taking questions from you, the listening audience. And right after that, there will be a book signing with Jimmy Medico and Tom Curran. War and Peace, Kelly Slater and Andy Irons, a talk story photo exhibit featuring Steve Sherman and Steve Sherman's photos. And live music with Tom Curran, the Juvenile Seagulls, Five Point, and perhaps other bands to be determined. There will be a huge used surfboard sale on Saturday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. In addition, the Vintage Longboard Collectors Club will have their meet. All this and much, much more. Come out and join us. Hang out with the surf industry. See the surf stars and get great deals on new wetsuits, new boards, new fins, new gear, gear of all types, foil equipment. All of our exhibitors are offering incredible boardroom deals. That's coming up October 7th and 8th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds, the Boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks. California Gold Surf Auction happens September 30th through October 14th. 48 incredibly curated, vetted, vintage surf lots. Surfboards by Phil Edwards, Greg Knoll, Al Chapman, Dick Brewer, Rennie Yater, Pat Curran, and many, many others. Download the California Gold Surf Auction app from the App Store and check out the catalog. It should be available in mid-September. California Gold Surf Auction. Download the app now. And now onto the podcast.
Josh Peterson is one of eight shapers competing in the Icons of Foam shape-off honoring Bing Copeland at this year's Boardroom International Surfboard Show. Josh hails from Virginia Beach. We interviewed him while he's in Portugal. It's been quite a ride for Josh Peterson so far. And I say so far because there's a lot more happening for Josh Peterson and Peterson Surfcraft. Humble, talented, focused on this episode of the Boardroom Podcast, surfer shaper Josh Peterson. Let us begin. Yes, yes, there he is. Hey, what's up, Scott? How are we doing? Hey, Josh. How are you, buddy? Good, man. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to be seen, my friend. That's what the Irish say. They say it's better to be seen than to be viewed. It's a pretty big difference between the two, huh? I think if you're being viewed, it means you're dead. Josh <laughs> <laughs> Peterson, hey, welcome to the Boardroom Podcast. Um, thanks for being here. We got a a little bit of time to catch up. Yeah. Tell me, where are you right now? Where, are you in Portugal? Yeah, I am. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm pumped to be on here, man. Um, but yeah, right now I'm in Ericeira in Portugal, uh, working with these guys at uh, Wave Gliders and just cruising around. It's been been about four years since I've been here, so it's been a cool, like, revisiting old friends and meeting new people. It's just been a blast, man. Yeah, I've spent a little bit of time in Lisbon a long time ago, but that whole region, especially where you're at, it seems like a super groovy place, like kind of like California in 50 or something. It really seems like that, like just the between the coast and like the people and how they act and like even coming here, I'm leaving the shop today and everybody gets lunch and eats lunch together at the same time and I'm leaving and they're like, you're on Portuguese time. Like, don't run out on us, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. and you're like, wow. Okay. You know, it's a good, they're intentional about enjoying things and the things that matter and community and stuff like that. And that's a cool, uh, yeah. Cool. That's a great love in the state. Yeah. But they're intentional about it. You know, that's fascinating. Um, you know what? I think surfers are intentional about enjoying their time. <laughs> I think so too, man. I think the more we pay attention, we're, we know what makes us happy. And, yeah. you know, we do what we need to to get to the ocean when it's when it's on, right? So That's funny. That's kind of going through my head right now. I've got a session lined up for later this morning, and I'm intentional about it, you know? Yeah. I think you have to be, especially, like, coming, coming from the East Coast where the waves are, your windows are a couple hours, right? It's just so much more, like you have to plan your whole day and life around it almost. Or yeah. You were just there, right? You went to... I was. Of... Yeah. I was. Where are you from on the East Coast? So I'm originally from like Virginia Beach. Outside uh -huh. there, my dad was in the military and he settled down there. And then from there, I started um, like working for WRV right out of high school. Uh, mm -hmm. Like the big, you know, label there. Old like legacy East Coast brand. Yeah. So... That took me down to the Outer Banks, like right after high school and stayed there for a chunk of time and then started moving and traveling for work and stuff. Yeah. And tell me about your um, your your shaping career. I mean, um, when did you start shaping? What made you sort of get the um, bug to build boards? And um, let's start there. Sure. So, man, I think I've always been pretty interested in in the way that things function and why you know, why things feel the way that they do. So as soon as I started surfing, I was so fascinated by the fact that some boards felt great and some boards just didn't work sometimes and what, you know, breaking those things down. So that ended ended up with me in the backyard, ripping skin off of blanks and stuff like that. And then ended up like with a, a friend of mine in high school had a connection to WRV, a guy who worked there. So we would go in his backyard and shape and just hack away at these things and then get to ride them and started that process. And then <clears throat> from there, um, the guy who we were working at his house got me a job at WRV. So I like ground floor, I had a job buffing boards and doing QC work and sweeping up. And I was pumped, you know, just to be in the production setting and watch guys sling resin all day. The shapers come through. You're just like, it was 19. It was a really cool, like, 
really cool introduction. The guys were the first generation of laminators for WRV. So I got the like old school, like if you fuck something up, they're like, what are you doing? You know, there was no like babying. They were yelling. It was sick. You know, I'm grateful yeah. for that. time for sure. You know, that's super cool. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that, that, that you had that sort of old school upbringing in an, in a classic shop. Um, yeah. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like maybe some of the laminators were more crucial to your early um, sort of build process than were the shapers themselves? Like, was there one person or? Yeah, I think. I think the attitudes of the laminators were really influential because I think laminators in general have not a chip, but like they're not getting they're doing a very important part of the board, you know, without those guys, the shape gets lost. You do a bad glass job. You're changing the shape. You're doing all these things to enhance something that someone else has made without the attention. So I think like the lack of ego and that kind of stuff was a really cool way for me to start my career in that, like, it's a team process and, you know, yeah. So I think, all that to say, I think that that started me on the the attitude of wanting to learn and not not being so sure that anything you're doing is the final right way to do it. You know, always yeah. being open to new new process, new technique, new designs, you know, like not just shutting things out. So I think a lot of the shapers that I was around early on were much more sure, you know, and that was really unattractive for a second just to be yeah. around that. You're like, whoa, like, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, like, for sure, you know, but yeah, um, but so from, from WRV, I, the first winter that I worked there, the East Coast is, was more seasonal at the time, now it's more, more consistent, but um, they offered to send me to Hawaii, so I, 19 years old, was like, yes, please, like, let's go, so I got to live in Sunset Point um, that whole winter, and then, <clears throat> met Jeff Bushman at the end of that trip. He was like in a shaper that WRV carried in their store. So um, linked up with him and got to go back the next winter and like fully apprentice under him. And we spent like just weeks together, just going over the functions and the basic foundations of shaping, you know, shaping to numbers, how to get what you want. It was uh, such a cool thing, man, to have Bushy like, open up and be like, Hey, this is how you do it. And one of his things was like the low ego thing. And the, you know, he was like, we're making toys you're not saving anybody's life. You know, you're not like <laughs> we're making toys. And if you have a big ego and you're mean to people about it, like you're missing it a little bit. Right. Like I've yeah. never met Jeff. I think I've crossed paths with him down in mainland Mexico. Um, yeah, but I've heard wonderful things about him that he's just the coolest guy. Now, is he isn't he retired and living in Mexico? Is that do you know anything? No. About him? So he's actually he splits his time between like French Polynesia. He has a house over there. Oh, OK. And then cool. his house on the North Shore. So like it's man, I love seeing him. You'll see him on Oahu on the bike path. He's like just always cruising around. And he's always like, man, it's just too much here. It's too busy. And you're like. <laughs> it's the north shore like i'm like what does that place look like that it makes the north shore look super busy you know yeah. but um yeah man he really is like one of the kindest most open people like so yeah. thankful for bushy you know i've heard really great things about him now was um your first season in hawaii our wrv sent you over there was that for to go surfing was that to work in their retail outlet was that to work in their production what was the purpose of that Sure. So they just had a little retail store in Hollywood. Yeah. And it was it was just to go work in there. And they were it was towards the end of that store's life. It's a really yeah. hard, hard market to be in in yeah. Hawaii, you know. Um so yeah, it was just kind of to do that. And it's that little store over there by the seven eleven or by the where the or no exactly. by the Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right by the seven eleven, right by all the food trucks. Now it's like some weird aviator nation with like $300 sweatpants. <laughs> well, <laughs> strange. Yeah. Yeah. But 
Would you yeah, say man, that it was, was your, was your was like when you're t- looking back and you're going, okay, who is my greatest mentor or who, maybe not the greatest mentor, but who, like what lessons am I still carrying with me? You know, who sure. was that person or persons? Yeah. So that's a, that's a good question. I think Bushy had a lot to do with uh, my, ad- my attitude, my technique, the, um, just the way I try to carry myself, you know? Um, and I, a hundred percent, I'm using those things still every single day, but yeah, I mean, I think Bushy for sure would be my, like my number one since then. I mean, I've been so lucky to be able to be around different people and have them open up and, you know, another person that comes to mind, like, so when I was working, I've worked in New Jersey for a little while at Glide Surf Co. The Heavens, they have a operation there. Um, but while I was there, they have Trimcraft as their home label and got to meet Ryan through that, got to meet Rich Pavel through that. And Ryan and Rich, I think like design wise, or maybe have been a little bit more influential. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that the one winter <clears throat> when COVID started in Hawaii, um, and it was like all the glass shops were so full, like you couldn't even bring boards and get your boards class, you know, everyone was six weeks backed up and just like just a good problems. Right. But like struggle. Good old days. <laughs> yeah, uh, I know. Right. It's like, we'd all wish for it now, but um, yeah, I think so Bushy, we, you know, we'll catch up all the time. And he was like, man, my, his glasser had just gotten out with the medical thing. So he's like, I am in a spot, you know? So I was like, Hey, like I can glass, you know, I'd love to come, come help. So we, I came out that winter and uh, Rich was like in true rich fashion, man. Didn't talk to him before, like nothing. I knew he was over there and I'm, Bush is taking me to the glass shop. The first day I'm meeting everybody and Rich pops his head out of a second story window. And he's like, Josh, hi, come, come up after and say hi. And you know, like, so the, the next five weeks we spent like most days together, just like felt like surfboard design college, just stuff that was like a little more than I could understand even at the time. But yeah. then, you know, I'd be in the bed six months later and I'm like, Oh my God, that's what he was talking about. Like, that's it. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, man. It is. All those guys are just so generous with their time and their experiences, you know, to have yeah. been all, most of those guys have been shaping as long as I've been alive. So it's like a, super yeah. humbling thing you know how old are you i'm 27 okay yeah yeah and what year was that first year over there in hawaii uh i was 19 yeah and then so i went back uh to shape the following year and i was 20 so right. okay so seven, awesome. seven eight years ago yeah 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 and then so after those trips i came back and i started shaping for wrv some at that point i had done <clears throat> polishing the glosser left started doing glossing sanding polishing so i kind of worked i'd worked my way up at that point yeah but had done you know most steps of production and so thankful for that now you know yeah. to be able to have those under my belt and be I, agree. To- I, I think it's super important i was talking to um or i think nick timponi um i think pointed it out he said you know there's there's different levels right there's there's guys that are board builders and that's yeah. somebody that can do it all, you know, that knows how to deal with fin rope, can do yeah. it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then there's the other guys along the way, like laminator, glasser, but I mean, uh, sander, mm-hmm. or, you know, and then there's guys that can hand shape. And then there's guys that are just computer guys. And to, yeah. but to be the board builder that can do it all. And I mean, do it all like from computer to planer to sand, you know, like every little step and different variances of each step is pretty yeah. fascinating. And I think it's a, I think it's a limited number of people. I don't think it's everybody, you know? And so to be a board builder, I think is the ultimate. And that's sort of the way that Nick was, was bringing it up. And I think it's important. I think it is. And I, I, I think there's, there's two sides to it, right? I think getting you're you're way more in touch with your work. When you're you're finishing your shape, you know you're the glasser. You're not leaving hard edges that you're having to smack with your fingernail before. You know, like yeah. you're on your own team. You're looking out for yourself in the next step. 
and you can be really, really in control and precise with your product. But on that same note, man, the production shops around the world where they can put out quality like that and they're getting a whole team to function as a unit and produce good boards is still super impressive to me, you know? Yeah, I agree. And there's yeah, some I think, beautiful glass shops around the world. I, it's so cool to see, man. And everyone's doing different things, you know? It's yeah. all like the, the brotherhood of people like committed to learning the, what we're doing, you know? It's a special yeah. thing to be a part of, right? It is. Um, some people don't know this um, about you, but you won the East Coast Shape Off at Surf Expo. And not only did you win it, but in my opinion, you won it with the hardest surfboard ever selected to be replicated. I mean, that was <laughs> a difficult board. So people don't know, but it was the Holmesy Sidewinder. I actually right. I think I told you, I actually used to ride that board. There was a moment in my life where it was the only board available to me. <laughs> I rode it for a couple of years. I would dig it out of this guy's side garage and drag it down to the beach. And man, that board was pretty killer. I tell you what, you had to be on the nose. For no it. way. Yeah. No, <laughs> tell I mean, the about whole... that board and and like, so explain the, that board because it's not an easy board to understand. Sure. Yeah. So the, it's kind of like a board eat board thing is how I've described it to people in the past year. Like what's happening in the back half and what's happening in the front half. It kind of has like a, a really dramatic reverse wing where it goes in and then has these like channels at a 45 degree angle wrapping to the bottom. And so the tail has concave in the deck and that flowed to the other section that had a dome deck, which was a really like those transitions in the blank were like, like he didn't make it out of a nine, eight Y in 1967 or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's right. not, not the same you know you have such the tolerances were so difficult that was it was one of the hardest boards you know and it wasn't something i knew i knew before <clears throat> so i had talked to ricky carroll and i was like hey is this really what we're doing and he was like oh you know like can either <laughs> confirm or and you're like okay that's what we're doing and so i you know go through this whole thing of like do i try one before do i try to shape something like this and i was like no, like, what am I, you know, I'm probably just going to freak myself out before, like, put in the work, I'll get in there, I'll know what to do, you know, but then, like, man, I remember being in there, like, it's pretty rare as a shaper and doing boards, you're, you're usually, like, you know where you're headed in the shape, you know, but there were moments during that where I would take a step back and look around at all the people and then look around at the board and be like, you know, I don't know what to do next, like, I, Truly, I'm like, I don't know, like, what detail to go for, when to add the weird scoop and the what tools to use. You know, I was just like, oh, yeah. man, stressful. And so how, the first time did they give you in that? That was an hour and a half to measure and shape. Oh, my God. You know, I thought I thought it was two hours. You only got an hour and a half to do that board. That was insane. Okay, yeah. So yeah, that was a lot. So the I've done three of them, actually. So mm -hmm. the, the first one I did was also, like, a really really difficult pour it was like a twisted i remember you had talked about this before it was you said the first one with terry martin he did like the twisted board right yeah so this was a 10 foot board twisted double scoop deck level like double spoon sorry spoon nose spoon tail and the thing like i still have my nose from it and i look like the other day right and no two measurements side to side were symmetrical <laughs> And it's not like boardroom show right there. You have the outline drawn on the board. Yeah. And so this thing, one, one side of the outline bowed, one side kinked right. and it was twisted. So we're like, Ricky, do we shape, you know, like, do we really copy the board? Like how much do you want us to copy it? You know, he was like, whoever gets the closest wins. We're like, all right. You know? So we yeah, that's a great answer, by the way, that he gave. It's kind of like yeah. ambiguous, like you know, just get close, you know. Yeah, dude, he's Ricky's the best, man. So talented. But yeah, I, I took away the win on that one, like got the closest. So did you shape all those kinks into it? Did you were you like, okay, I guess I'm gonna shape hundred percent? Yeah. I like I had I was so nervous on that one, man. Like I sped through it. So I was like 10 minutes left, and I was like, okay, like 
I have time to, you know, kind of like dick with things. So like I went back and added a dip in the rail and like little things like that where I'm like, it's there. Like, you, know. you had time to do a lot of guys. did Well, not a lot, but there were certain guys. Who, <clears throat> I looked at their finished blanks and it looked like they didn't even finish the board. I mean, it had tears and like I wouldn't have been stoked to turn it in on any other day. But right. under that occasion, I think a little tearing is okay. You know? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the Holmesy Sidewinder, again, I don't even know if you gave um, enough. Like like those reverse wings stick out about, I don't know, two inches. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and Yeah, yeah. The way the, the front half of the outline comes in and go, it's a really, it's a hard board to put words to, right? The front yes. of the outline comes in and then it has like, yeah, like a reverse wing. And then the even those those channels that the stops or whatever that were at the downward angle wrapped around to the bottom and had this little lip channel thing that was really hard to shape in with like the last little you know yeah it was that, that was the that's I mean that's the most difficult board I've seen replicated I was blown away when that was the one I I rolled up on the, the event and I'm like oh my god the Holmesy Sidewinder. You're like they're making them do that, really? Yeah, <laughs> two hours. And they didn't. They didn't put the. They didn't. They just gave you the blank and said, "Here you go." Yeah, there, there was templates, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. So you you have the template. Um, you have the rocker stick. You have the board. You know, so that too, like the they put the board in the room for that. And uh, I don't know if you remember, you saw or I, I, you know, I like blacked out a lot of shaping, so I don't know what's going on. But I yeah. like. I called the guys over and I was like, Hey, please take the board out of the room. Like I need, you couldn't like take a full step back and sight the board, yeah. you know, like you were like up against the back of the wall. So like, I think that was huge for me to have the board to look at with some distance. Mm -hmm. And then um, the really tricky thing was like, you went to measure the rocker and just the way the bottom contours were and with the glass on thin, you, no one could get a true measurement. So yeah. it had like two inches of nose rocker and seven inches of tail rocker. And we were like, that's not right. You know, you're like, so immediately, like your first, that's kind of how you measure and can copy boards, is measuring the bottom curve and then copying the foil at different points. So once you're, you know, you start the thing and they're like, all right, go. And you go to take your first measurement and you can't. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> wow. Perfect. Yeah. But man, they're, they're, so much fun and, and to be able to showcase like hand shaping like that and to yeah. be a younger guy and be like hey like i've i've put in my time doing this stuff and like it's it's fun to be able to for sure know, i mean it showed it. your book was far and away the cleanest one i mean it was pretty obvious and you know what i noticed about that design and i don't know if it was this way with the one that you shaped i'm sure it was but the one that i rode up in the nose had the gnarliest down rail like a hinson like 45 degree angle down rail so the wing you, nose thing had yeah. to be had to get up there and the board would yeah. just take yeah yeah i mean talk talking to Holmesy about it afterwards he was like you know like they weren't great off the tail and you're like yeah like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that checks out um but yeah they they were it was cool like i think it's it's pretty telling of the times you know that they were at it their attitudes of you know, I think in surfboards now we take like small incremental steps out of a pretty tight radius of what we've understood to work. Right. But back then they were so like, so loose with it. And it was like, it was cool. I think in like, man, talking to shapers in Hawaii and being around older shapers and just, I've, I always ask like, you know, what, what would you do differently or what, you know, yeah, what, what have you learned? Like what, you know, what are your takeaways from, building surfboards and doing this for the past 40 years. And a lot of the time it's like settling for numbers instead of going for progression, doing the safe thing that we have to do to make money and pay our bills and stuff. But that, I mean, you will progress your boards and your models, but not so much as if you were, you know, had free reign to do whatever you want and, you know, right. surf these boards and, Back then, I think they had them, uh, the setup. They were existed in the right point in time to do that stuff. And yeah, that's a great a little point. harder. Yeah, they they could be a little freer, and and the whole vibe of the era was like, you know, whatever. Just you know, there wasn't like this 
like you say, numbers game. And I, even on a spreadsheet, like we need to pump out this many bars to, to yeah. Cheerios in the morning. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it is. It's a, I mean, there's balance, right? Got to do both, but. Yeah. I know that, like, um, I don't know if you know this, but I just saw that they're going to honor Holmesy at the East Coast Surfing Hall of Fame induction at Surf Expo in January. Holmesy's going to no be. No way. Yeah, he's going to be inducted in, which is really sweet. That's and so Ricky cool. Jim, Ricky Carroll. Good. And Roy Turner, who runs Surf Expo, is getting inducted. It'll be a fun time in January at the Surf Expo. Are you going to come out? I hope to be there. I, I do. Yeah. I enjoy going there, and I'm a I'm a big fan of what Surf Expo does, and um, and I really like the induction thing. I think it's cool. I've been to one of them. Uh, I think I was there when Greg Mungle and some guys got inducted. It was really fun. I mean, the, the yeah. East Coast surfing community, I think, is more tight knit. Like here in the West Coast, we're kind of like, well, you know, I got there's San Diego here. And even in San Diego, there's North County and like down in the South area. And yeah, then there's San Clemente. And there's no, um, we're kind of um, our own little scene. And we're, I guess we're sure enough or have big enough egos that we don't want (laughs) everybody else, which is sad. But maybe that's. Well, I think too, man, when you think about the East Coast and the West Coast, like it's always kind of being from over here, it's blown my mind that California is one state. You know, like the East Coast in that span, you have like 13 different states or something, you know, like all these different cultural divisions where you go an hour and people talk completely different. You go to Boston and you're from North Carolina and there's like the things you have in common, are like, you know, not the same, you know, it's just (laughs) like, um, but yeah, it's California is great, man. Special place. So many diverse waves and cool people. Yeah, I think that's, I think that, I think that's the case everywhere. And it's, and it's all about kind of how we put off what we put out there, you know, the, the positive energy that we put out there. Of course, man, you attract what you put out 100%. But yeah, go back to the, the East Coast thing. I think it is more core, more tight knit, because I mean, we're dealing with like, we, I mean, not me anymore, but I was dealing with like 30, 30 degree, 32 degree, 35 degree water in the winter. And like, if you're a part of that club that goes out and you know that's like you got to want it like a little bit more so i think there's like that like mutual we're all in this together and you know a little bit more core maybe but but. just yeah i think you're right that that brings everybody together like there's we've we've like we're bringing down the only so many of us that are this hardcore (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's not i mean it's cool but like i've always said it's it wasn't really my thing i didn't love the cold like people love it it's their thing like there's snow on the ground waves are pumping water's dirty and they're like yes but i'm like like that's you know i'd rather be in trucks so i'm in i'm in trucks now and i'm how much time are you spending in hawaii now full time sure yeah so i mean that's home for me um so i have a little shop in the sugar mill i was super lucky to score like a perfect one-man shop little two down racks um shaping bay sanding bay upstairs so it's like a dream man like a i walk outside and you see like the mountain range and you are three minutes away from pumping waves all the time and go swim every day it's like that's you know i miss it but yeah so i will the plan is has been to spend about six or seven eight months over there and then be on the road the rest of the year um it's yeah i mean i think being from the east coast and having to kind of travel to build the boards that i wanted to and was interested in kind of opened the door for me to not just like pick one spot and hunker down so and i think it's excelled the things that i've gotten exposed to and been able to learn and you know yeah the, the yeah. whole the whole traveling shaper thing is interesting to me and and some level i i don't quite understand it but it seems like something that that you i don't know if you have to do it but it's super smart to do it because it gets your label out there internationally and also um it seems like there's a real desire for like in france or portugal or in japan for people to like line up and go cool man josh is making me a board today and i'm excited man today I got to talk to this guy, Felix, who came by. He's from Germany. We talked about the board we're going to shape. He showed me what he's into. And it's, you know, I think being a part of community for me is what it's always boiled down to. And the community around surfing and the people are the best part 
And if you're boiling down each of your customers to numbers, it's like they're people, you know, and I'm a person too. I'm like, I'm, you know, I think it can get lost when there's not that like personal connection. That's yeah. always been my favorite part. So, and, and going to different economies too, and, and being a part of their thing and not just taking money, but coming in and doing something that, Hey, I don't have to put out for all the materials. I just come, I shape the board. Maybe I glass it, but then we all, you know, it helps them. Like it's, it's symbiotic, right? I'm happy because I don't have to be there the whole time. Sand yeah. the thing, put bins, wipe it down. You know, they have a team that's more than capable and super talented. So it's, to me, it's like a no brainer. Like, I don't know. I, you know, well, a lot of people like, well, I know like Pat Rawson does it. I know Maurice Cole does it. I know Christensen, mm-hmm. um, Roger Hines. There's actually quite a few guys. I'm just yeah. naming a few off the top of my head. Um, I think 100%. Josh Hall probably does it. Do, does is it a thing where they call you and they go hey please come over here we've we want you to shape some boards we have a demand um sure is that how it works or do you reach out and go hey i'm a bit like how does it how do you get lucky enough to get called into this man a lot of it is um what has been through like connections from friends um the the portugal thing started with trimcraft michael rnl and i came over that first trip and it was i it was really like our both of our first time you know, traveling like that for work. You know, I had gone to Hawaii and shaped and gone other places, but to show up in Portugal and like not have any clue who's picking you up. I don't know where I'm staying. I don't know what I'm going to shape. I, you know, you're just like, like it it was really formative, man. And like, I think that opened the door and, and just learning from Bushy and hearing about like him talking about going to Japan in the nineties. And those guys were like, who's hand shaping a hundred boards in 10 days. Yeah. Wow. He's like, yeah, come back for 10 grand. I'm like, what? <laughs> no way. You know? And yeah. like, so that, that I think for me, that's how I work too. Like I'm a pretty all or nothing. Like I'll shape all day long or like, I want to be off and like, you know, I don't want to half-ass. So like to be able to go on these trips where you're like, okay, we got a week, we got to do 25 boards. Let's go. You know, like it's go time and it's cool to like hunker down, you know, and like I think you, the the guys you mentioned, like paved the way for a lot of that to keep going on. But I think maybe it's harder for the younger guys to break into or, you know what I mean? I, I, I think it's a harder thing to get into, like you were saying. So the connections through Ryan and Glide and Trimcraft and all those guys are, you know. It's just family. relationships. It's the best part of all this. And then you meet more friends and you're like, yeah, like, <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, it's not always like that. There's business and other things, but yeah, but good things know. for good people. And I'm, I'm stoked that you're dialed in. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. And there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free that's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free terms and conditions apply i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from bloomberg this is the deal each week you're here in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment 
That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. How many Shape Off events have you been in? You done? Have you done the East Coast Shape Off before this one? Sure. Yeah, so I've done it three times. Um <laughs> I did the first year with the twisted longboard and then the next year was funny, man. So I did, <clears throat> we, me, Ricky and John Apito from Rosburn and a couple other guys, we would shape at this festival in New Jersey called see here now, mm-hmm. huge festival. They did like a little live shaping thing. And so Ricky, the next year after the year I won, he's there too. He would come every year from Florida on his like the sick delivery trips where he'd go up and down with like himself so good but he was there and he's like so we're gonna do a balsa board this year are you down and i'm like dude like i've never even seen a balsa blank like i've never seen one you know so i'm like sure you know i'm down he's like we'll get we'll get people with similar experience and you know it'll be a sick thing and i show up and it's man it's me matt calvani and kenny briel and kenny and matt have done like all you know countless balsa boards so i'm like oh dude (laughs) such a wreck we had it was four hours in the box shaping balsa and it was like my really my first time doing it in front of everyone it was like kind of i called us blanks i'm like hey how much for like a balsa blank and they're like like 900 bucks i was like (laughs) what am i gonna like spend 900 bucks to maybe win a thousand bucks like i don't know like (laughs) the same thing yeah i kind of just went for it and then I remember that. I remember walking by that one and being blown away that, that Ricky had chosen a balsa board. Which board to help me out, what design was it again? Who was who were we honoring? That was a Dick Catree. Uh, okay. It was it's it was that board. So the you know, the last one I did and the first one were like you know, pretty wild boards, but that thing was like this cherry beautiful outline, beautiful wing. It had like a brewer like football concave under the chest you ever see those like kind of what john simon's doing now with the push forward straightening but it was just like a pretty 70s version of that kind of thing where the deck's super flat and then the rail just goes yeah the down rail thing but what i'm talking about was on the bottom and it was like a panel of inverted v that like flattened the center line and it would create like a loose spot i guess was there interesting that sounds like reverse V almost. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a reverse V panel through the nose. A little like thing you like just would. But yeah, you're doing it in balsa and you're like, great. Like, yeah, this thing in with the planer. But yeah. man, that balsa is such a beautiful material. I think it that whole experience taught me so much about how far you can go with like just your planer, you know, because yeah. it balsa takes like so much information when you think about like the planer and, and like foam has such a uh, like, it's so soft. Right. And you have so little room once you're putting those things in to clean up, but balsa has this, you can make 200 little bands and it's so hard. And like, you can get it just so close and you want to get it so close to the finished shape where you're just like barely yeah. touching it with sandpaper in a couple of blocks. So that, well, that you know, going back to foam, you're like, okay, like, let's go all the way with the planer, you know, let's do the extra 10%. And that's yeah. been cool, man. You know, that's sweet. That's yeah, interesting. Also has kind of helped you get closer tolerance wise with the, with the phone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just holding the planer for as long as possible when you're hand shaping is always the move, you know? <laughs> interesting. Tell me about um, different foams. Cause uh, I often talk to guys about their experience with um, EPS um, sure. the, the XTR foam that Javier puts out that I think um, Fletcher at Chenard uses too. Sure. Um, and then there's Varial foam. Yeah. Um, and Beautiful. Of course, there's, there's all these different, um, you know, of course there's Poly. Yeah. So what, what do you, what, what are your, what's your takeaway, especially you as a surfer? Like, what do you like? And yeah. What do you, what do you appreciate? Man, I, I am partial to Poly. Um, and I, I have so much respect for all the epoxy guys. Um, but for me, some of the telling details, like a lot of what the epoxy people are trying to achieve is just to make it feel like 
a really light polyboard that is going to fall apart. But like, it's, you know, your, your consumer and your market can't have that. Like I can have it. Like the, you know, if you're making your boards, you can get these like, and like I will make single four boards for myself in Hawaii. Cause like they feel insane, you know, like they feel so good until they're broken or dead or, you know, but it's not realistic to be able to, to do that. So I, for me, like a light poly board, a little bit harder foam, lighter glass. I've always really enjoyed not like a heavy glass board, but like a denser foam, um, just a hair. And I, I think for me, like being a glasser too, and, and shaping the board and then glassing it and some foams drink more than others. Some foams have different densities and, and take, take resin differently, take color differently, especially. So like, I, I prefer, you know, us blanks tried and true stringerless poly has been really fun the past couple of years to get into. So rich, rich was doing a lot of that with like parabolic rail caps first. So like stringerless poly, I don't know if you ever felt it, but like, it's gooey, man. Like, yeah, it's pretty it's super gooey. And like, so some of it is so flexy. Like when you're glassing the bottom, there's no rigidity. So you're pushing in the middle and the whole thing's and you're pushing <laughs> on the tail and the tail's wrinkling. And you're like, Oh my God, like the resin's catalyzed. We're running out of time. So we rich, we would do these like parabolic rail caps. Right. So the board still gets to flex torsionally completely free. Right. But you keep a lot of the rocker true in that sense. But the twisting and the flex of, that matters that we're accustomed to, you can be a lot more in control of that. How wide you're doing those rail caps, how what you're glassing it with afterwards, you know. So it's been cool to like be intentional with those things and the materials that we're using. And and I'm a little confused. Are those rail caps like carbon rail caps? Like what makes it what is what do you mean when you say rail caps? <clears throat> sure. So we're, we're, I'm capping them usually in just fiberglass. So okay. it's just, you like tape off the top and the bottom of the board, like an airbrush. And then you just laminate the rails and do cut laps top and bottom. And then we'll grind it and glass the board clear, whatever, like normal. Okay. So that's the first so, process is you put the rail caps on first. Exactly. And then when you go to glass the bottom, it's not so gummy. You can't work with it. That's it has right. enough stiffness to where it's, you're like, okay, you know. Okay, interesting. Can build the thing now. On the rails, it, it like for instance, um, let's just say like a single four ounce on the rails would be eight ounces or ten ounces, depending on how thick the the rail cap is. Yeah, yeah, it's it. You can play play with the flex and how you know where you're putting it and and all those things. And Hawaii, man, Hawaii has been a cool place to learn more about the materials because I think guys over there are using different things like direct size cloth and and different weaves that they're getting custom rolled and ordering pallets of. And there's yeah. a couple guys, the guy who does Eric Arakawa's boards, Josh Murray is like, he came up in the time where they were doing, you know, he's doing 20 boards a day for years, clears. And I'm just like, I couldn't do that for one day. You know, I couldn't do 40 clear sides. I don't think. So like those guys have done so much build boards for all the pros for so many years and gotten feedback and they're just, so dialed in on how they're what their intentions are and how they're using the materials because you can you watch some people glass and it's like light fingers you know and some people are different and just yeah. how you're tensioning that cloth i think matters so much for compression yeah. dense and for flex and you know it's, boards can die yeah it's you know and it speaks because i'm always i'm always like can we redo the perfect board? The, everyone has their magic board. Can you redo it? And really, you just can't because there's so many friggin' variables and that we don't even think about, which you've just mentioned. Not, and then, of course, there's oh. strength wood, which each each piece of stick has got different bend. And Man, and maybe it's rainy the day it got glassed. Maybe it's rainy the day it got hot coated. Maybe there's moisture in there. Maybe, maybe you know, it's. Yeah. I've always told people like the resin is a three part equation. You have your catalyst and you have your resin, but you have your environment too. And that has so much to do with it and humidity. And well, thankfully in Hawaii, man, we're blessed with like just perfect weather for surfboards most of the year. Yeah. So those things, I think they you, you build better, stronger, lighter boards if it's warm out. If like East Coast in the winter was a nightmare. Like you're, you're glassing in 60 degree lamb rooms because it's 25 outside. 
and you're like, what are we building surfboards for? Like, this is, I don't know, you know, it, um, <clears throat> yeah, it all goes into it. So it's hard to track down those, those variables, you know, it's like, yeah, not a lost cause, but it's, it makes the boards magic. You know, you appreciate them for what they are because it's what you got, you know, and you might never get it again. So it's, it's a special thing. So it keeps That's us going. Cool. Yeah, it is. Um, tell me about foiling. <laughs> have you made any foil boards? You're in foil habit over there. I guess it is foil heaven, huh? Um, no, I have not yet. Yeah. I it in a in a purely like construction way, I think they're interesting because the amount of force you're putting on the one part of that piece of foam, guys are having to be really creative with like divinacell and all sorts of different materials to actually reinforce yeah. it to take you know the amount of pressure you're able to put on that i can't imagine because i've never done it yeah. but i mean what were your you know you had you had a little lesson there trip yeah the boys i'm just, I'm just yeah, up, dipping, huh? dipping my toes into the whole foil world it's, it's all i've done i, I got yeah. back from indo in july and all i've done is foil since then i just decided yeah. to dive in head first i'm still a complete kook and i'm still learning but it's fascinating good. It's good yeah. to be a complete kook and stuff, you know, like sure, sure. I mean, I'm good. at being <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're proud, man. Right. Like, no, I think um, it's cool. I think it's really important when you do get back from those trips where you're like, I mean, you were surfing like pumping waves and then you get home and you're like, okay, like yeah. I got to do something or else I'm going to turn into a weirdo, you know, like, couple of weeks without surfing same for me like coming from hawaii to east coast it like i have to be careful you know because i you know i'm used to surfing five times a week and then you go to like i remember like yeah i got here this year and it's like shoulder high and like you would be like oh it's flat you know in hawaii flat yeah. flat day lay day like go work you know and they're like it's sick it's pumping and you're like oh no <laughs> like i'm in for it you know like <laughs> oh my well, let's shift gears a little bit. Tell me, um, what do you know about <clears throat> the icons of foam shape off? You're going to be in that this year here in about a month, five weeks from now, more yeah. or less. Um, you, we're honoring Bing Copeland, um, a board builder, a guy that's that's just a you know, I mean, been around since the '50s and still with us. Um, have you thought about what? First of all, do you know how our our shape off works? Do you know the format? It's uh, it's more head to head, right? So you shape three boards, depending, right? Right. Like there's round one, and yeah, and you shape against another guy, and then Bing yeah. and Calvani will judge those, and then the winner of that man on man heat goes to round two, and then so forth well, and so on. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I like that. I think it's. I mean, that's in and of itself. I think that's a challenge. Usually, when I'm done with the Florida ones, I'm like, okay can breathe easy you know like i did my hard part but i think having to stay like you know if you do well you have to like do it again so i think that's that'll be challenging man i think but i, I it's a cool event because i think the playing field gets so leveled you know like you step in there and it's it's weird for everybody so yeah, yeah. man i'm excited i think it's different right you guys draw the outlines on the boards first well each board that depends i, I actually um, my right-hand man, Tim Crozier, kind of runs the the competition for me. And um, Matt Calvani obviously has a, a say in that as well as being. So certain boards, I think they're going to draw the outline on them. Certain boards are going to be like, here's the, here's the, you know, the door skin or whatever. Yeah. And um, so it depends. And it, yeah. a lot of it just depends on how long they think it's going to take you guys to do the board. Uh, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Or if it's like a big long board that looks difficult they'll be like look let's just draw the outline for them so they can get into the meat and potatoes of the design yeah but um so it depends and and frankly um well, i don't know which board do you think that we're doing in the first round there's a huge you know Biddy's made so many designs we've got the pipeliner the the note the nueva nose rider the nueva lightweight there's the maui foil which ralph arness won the world championship yeah. on. the karma there's yeah. the bronzer, of course. There's um, yeah. wine gun from the early 60s. There's a Takayama model. There's so yeah. many boards. And I'm just touching a few of them. Literally, it's such a broad range of boards. Um, I'm I'm pumped, man, because they're all beautiful. 
you know they're all such clean shapes all the like the karmas i've seen are just so like they're just great man they're beautiful to look at and it's it's cool to see you know people shaping during that time at such a high level and not that it's you know they wouldn't or whatever but there were such craftsmen at that time it was it's it's cool and the fact that he's still you know there to be a part of it is like the coolest thing man it's such an honor such such a rad it's, thing it's a little bit i mean i imagine it's it's sort of overwhelming from a shaping standpoint are you just going into it like dude here's my planner let's go or are you like looking online for bing designs and trying to figure out because you don't know which one you're going to shape in some regards it's like dude why even go down this rabbit hole right i think you know i think it's good to have a broad light overview you know have some be like oh wow i didn't know that that you know do your research do your homework but at at some point either you put in the work or you haven't so yeah. like go it's five weeks from it now like what am i gonna do you know like it uh, so that's my attitude I'm, I'm 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 just happy to be a part of it and be able to shape in front of those guys and shape rub shoulders with the boys and you know yeah. roger and and wayne are just like legends so just to be a part of it with those guys with michael with thomas with everyone else involved you know it's yeah. you know it's special either way man it's just a cool thing well, I imagine that having a Holmesy Sidewinder under your belt, you've got to kind of got to be kind of like, you. in some regards, you're like, dude, I did the Holmesy Sidewinder. Bring it on. I'm like, what? You know, if it's a little bonzer concave, like, yeah, let's let's go. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, that's super down for that, you know. <laughs> so great. Well, you bring up an interesting point because we have to um, handicap the field to make sure that the bracket, the man on man bracket makes sense. And mm. as Tim and I look at the field, it's hard to, it's hard to handicap. I've got, mm. basically I have four winners. I've got Roger who's won it twice. Wayne's won it twice. Rick, Rick Rock, who's the defending champion. Who's man. Like underrated just because nobody, if you know, Dude. you know, but if you don't know, you don't know. Those are the best. You, no, I love them. So I've got four winners right yeah so I, do i start there and then the other guys are all insane like it's hard to to handicap right because i want to yeah. kind of think about okay who's the number one seed who's the number sure. two seed and then pin them against their opposite and so it's, it's be difficult. i think yeah, i'm just man. Gonna, i think i'm gonna pick the four the top four seeds which i just named including you and then the other four i'm just gonna do a random draw and just yeah see, man you know because yeah the good thing is Warner is a friggin' absolute God legend shaper. Since I know. Man, I, you know, it's like, it really is like the, there's no, you know, it'll be yeah. all evenly matched no matter it how is. you do it. Exactly. You know? It's all it really seeds. And it's cool, man, to be able to like show that to the industry and show that you can hit numbers and it's just as accurate, you know, can be not as easy to copy things, but like, it's viable and it takes time to learn, but like we've all taken the time. So it's cool to show. Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna One be year you guys should, uh, you guys should, I've always thought this, man, this would be cool. Yeah. If you had the board and you make everyone make the template, you know what, what I mean? You like mean copy beforehand or what? You not mean? even make it like add an extra 20 minutes. Cause that's a like such a big part of all of it. And it would be so sick. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So I give you the board and then you've got, and I give you some door skin or some whatever, and you get to make the template. So you Is have that... to copy that board as you would at home. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Really huh? Not this time, please. Next time when I'm not involved. <laughs> <laughs> Josh Peterson rule, you know? Yeah. There you go, dude. You know, in fact, Wayne Lynch, there's a Wayne Lynch rule because Wayne was like, man, this guy in second place is working hard. You got to give him something. So I'm like, okay, now we're, <laughs> second place. You know what? we're giving a check to second place as well, which is the Wayne Lynch rule. Yeah, man. No, I'm excited. I, I never made it out to the boardroom show. I'm so pumped to be able to do the, the best in show to be able to do a board for that. Honoring Campbell ah. Brothers. That's just going to be like. The wheels are turning, man. I'm going to do way too many pin lines. It's going to be great. Yeah. 
<laughs> right on, brother. That's so sweet. I'm the, but I know the bonds are the best in show. We've I've never had some. I'm blown away the number of people that are like, well, I'm in. I'm in. Really, sick. Board, around the world are putting boards in it. So Malcolm sick. and Duncan are going to have their hands full for sure. Yeah, man. Look, um, it's been a great chat, Josh. Catching up with you, I really appreciate your time today. Um, and look, we're going to see you out here in October. Uh, at the Boardroom International Surfboard Show presented by U.S. Blanks as we honor Bing Copeland. Counting down the days, man. Excited for it. Right on, Josh. So do you, how's your Portuguese? I can't even say bad in Portuguese, so. <laughs> I'm not Beyond. sure how to say goodbye, but I think it's probably like bom dia or something like that. Ciao. Ciao. All Ciao. right. Of course, right? Well, okay. Until Ciao, later. Brother. Ciao. Yeah, later. Is that the way it all stays?